Yes, Lord, you are so great, God. We just stand in awe of you, God. Just wanting to give you the glory, Lord, for all that you do, Lord. Thank you so much for your love, God, for us, Lord, that you never leave us behind, God. You continue to reach out for us, God, no matter how many mistakes we make, God. Thank you so much, Lord, that you've forgiven them all, Lord. God, we just ask as we open your word, Lord, that you would just continue to minister to our hearts, but also speak to us, God. We ask that your Holy Spirit would just be felt strong, Lord, as we go through your word, Lord, that the words would just stick out to us, Lord, and just challenge us, God. In those areas that we need challenging, God, convict us, Lord, in those areas, Lord. God, we just want to be more like you, God. Help us to surrender all, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated uh, with uh, Zach already praying for the word. Let's get right into it. If you can grab your Bibles and open them up to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we will continue our study here through this book. Uh, Chapter 1 was amazing for me, and now as we get into chapter 2, I'm looking forward to more of what God has for us. If I say right now, If I say, think about one food that you always crave, what would come to mind? Probably it's popping in your mind right now. Oh, I crave this, I crave that. Well, I came across a list of weird food combinations that moms crave when they're pregnant. We've all heard of pickles and ice cream, right? Where pregnant women like that. How about this version? Vanilla ice cream topped with pulled pork. Mm -mm -mm. Another one I came across is clam chowder with Doritos chip. Uh, Cottage cheese and a mustard swirl. Yum, yum there, huh? I thought this might work. This next one is potato chip s'mores. What do you think about that? I don't know. I like salty, so no, I'm getting a lot of no's here. All right. Maybe this one will you'll crave. Chopped gummy worms mixed into mashed potatoes. I'm, these are actually food combinations that pregnant moms crave. Isn't, isn't that crazy? I, don't, I asked my wife yesterday, I think it was, what did you crave? I don't think it was that weird. Yeah, I was trying to remember. This one's weird to me. Craving dog biscuits and candy bars. Dog biscuits? Has anyone ever tried one? I I wonder what that's like. Last one. I thought this was the best. Krispy Kreme donuts topped with tuna. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, yes. Wyatt says yes. No. (laughs) Crazy things that moms crave. One mother communicated the urgency of her craving by saying, I'm telling her husband this, I'm pregnant with your child, and your child wants Rocky Road ice cream. I like that that presentation, right? I guess mom knows what what baby wants, baby gets. (laughs) Well, what did you crave? What do you crave? What, What did you crave, moms, when you were pregnant? Or what is something that you crave? Yeah. Um, don't tell me any of your weird combinations. It's already kind of weird and gross. But you know what? There's one thing that believers should crave above everything else. Every mom, every dad, every husband, every wife, every man, woman, child, every youth, every young adult, every person needs to crave the word of God. And that's the title of our message this morning, Crave the Word of God. And that's what Peter is going to be talking about, writing about here in our passage this morning. We are going to be studying 1 Peter chapter 2 from verse 1 through 3. 1 through 3, just three verses this morning. Crave the Word of God. And in these verses, we're going to find these three things. And this is our outline, and it's wrapped up into our points once again. So number one, stay healthy. Number two, stay hungry. And number three, stay feasting. So that's our outline for this morning. So let's begin here. Crave the word of God. Number one in our outline, stay healthy. Stay healthy. 
take a look with me here now. We're going to be covering verse 1 here in this heading. So take a look with me here now. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it reads, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. We'll stop right here. We begin with the, the Apostle Peter writing this first word we see in verse 1, so. And when he writes that, here it really connects back to what he just talked about in chapter 1. Remember last week our message was the enduring word and we saw how the word of God, our Bibles, is living and abiding. It's relevant. It's eternal. The truth in the Bible, in the word, is absolute. And it, it, it transcends time and culture and years and languages and countries. And, and we learn that. We learn about the truth of God is absolute. It's living. It's abiding. The enduring word. So Peter went on to say that, hey, there's something about that now as we go on into talking about the word. Now, right before that, in the last verses of chapter 1, he also put out to us that the truth of the gospel, which is found in the Bible, that is what powerfully saved you. Matter of fact, the whole chapter was about that, right? How the word of God, we are who we are, new creations, because of the truths in the word of God and the truth of the gospel being saved in Christ Jesus. We saw how we are to walk in holiness. We saw we are to walk with love. And it's all because of the word working in our lives. So the truth of the gospel, the truth of the word powerfully saved you, powerfully changed us. So he's running on this theme with this one word, so. In 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 Paul wrote this, and we also thank God consist constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is. And, and the apostle Paul writes, the word of God. Then he says this, he says, which is at work in you believers. And I I, I like that because what Paul is saying is really saying, really wrapping up what Peter's been talking to us. That the word of God, the enduring word, the living abiding word is at work in, in us. It saved us. And Peter's going on now saying, look, it's going to continue to work in our lives. So keep that in mind when he says so and he connects back to chapter 1. So Peter's like, like, this is what's important. This is what matters now. It, with this in mind, it's important. It matters that you, he goes on in verse 1, that you put away. He says the next two words, that he, you put away. Now, that word in the Greek, it means to get rid of. It means to strip off. It means to even reject. It can even be used in that way. And so it, it, I think of strip off as like when you change clothes, yeah? You, you strip off your dirty old clothes that you worked in the yard with and you put on fresh clean ones after you take a shower. But you strip off in that way. This word put away is the same word used in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 when the apostle Paul said put off your old self. Put off like clothes. Put off the old man, the old person, yeah? The old sinful flesh. And Paul went on to say in, in Ephesians 4.22, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So get the, the attitude, get, get the feeling behind what Peter's writing here in verse 1. So put away, strip it off. Strip off. What? Well, strip off, he's going to make a list here. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, evil, all slander. He said, get that out of your life. Reject it in your life. Why? Because of the word of God is work at work in your life. With these things, it will hinder that work of the word of God. It will, like, stunt your growth. It will not be spiritually healthy. For you, 
That's the idea and context of what he's been writing. He says, so put away. He's saying, look, in context, we've been saved. We're new people. We're, we're set to live holy, godly lives, love each other, fervent love, right? Uh, uh, this is the work of the word of God that we grow in becoming that new person Jesus made us to be. So let me put it this way. The thing we're going to get into each of these things, but these things he's listing, we must put away because it hinders that growth. We must put away because it's toxic to spiritual health as believers in the Lord. That's what he's really coming into when he said, so put away. Now, Peter zooms in on five things. He, he focuses in on five things here. Now, this isn't all like conclusive to what uh, we should be, you know, other sins and things in our lives and our fleshly sinful self. But he seems to zoom in on these things. And I think it relates to what we saw earlier in chapter one about having that fervent Fervent love, the earnest love for one another in verse 22 of First Peter chapter 1. So he zooms in on five things here. And the first thing, basically, he's saying put away all malice. Put away all malice. Now the word malice generally speaks of wickedness. Wickedness in the mind. Uh, bad thoughts, harboring grudges, things like that as far as it relates to relationships. So we need to put away malice, these wicked thoughts, these evil thoughts in our minds. Why? Because we cannot think it's okay with the Word of God, right? That it goes along with the, the Word. It actually goes against what the Word of God says. And, and we've talked about that. We know what our attitudes and heart for, should be for one another in love, in that earnest love. The famous scientist George Washington Carver was a believer. He was refused admission to university all because, you know what, he was black. Years later, Carver was asked, well, which university was that? Someone wanted to know. You know what his reply was? Never mind, that doesn't matter now. I love that. He did not harbor any grudges or evil thoughts or anything, any malice at all. He let that go. And that's what Peter's saying. So, with the word of God working in you, you know, put that away. Reject it. Don't let that stay in your mind. Secondly, he writes here in verse 1, so put away all malice and all deceit. The second thing, he says all deceit. The word deceit means to trick. Literally in the Greek, it is to bait the hook. It's a fishing term, right? You fool the fish by covering the hook to look like, hey, it's really good food. It's, it's deception. It's deceitful. And this talks about being dishonest or, or cheating on things, maybe your taxes or lying about certain things, uh, uh, manipulating, doing bribes, just deceitful kind of actions. He's saying, hey, put that away. That, you cannot think it's okay in, in the word. The word is empowering you, helping you to grow, and you doing these things. It really goes against it. It really hinders the work of the word in your life. The third thing he lists here is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. The Greek word there is a hypocrisas. I can't say it. I can't say Greek, but that's close enough, and you won't know the difference anyway. But. Uh, <laughs> But that word was used in the ancient times as the original word for an actor. That's what it really was. They, they, back then, they would actually uh, wear masks, you know, and do their little plays and everything by wearing masks. And, and they were the hypocrisis. Um, that's what they were called, actors. But it came to describe a person who's not who he says he is. Yeah, it, 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 he lives differently from what we say. So here's Peter saying, you guys, you cannot think it's okay in the word to say that you're a Christian, but you don't live like one. You live like you're not a Christian. You live like you're in the world. It, it, all Living like that makes you a 
hypocrite, and it goes against the work of the word of God in your life. The fourth thing he lists here is that you need to get rid of envy in verse 1. Envy. Envy, to me, it's jealousy and resentment mixed together. That's what I I see what envy is. It's that prideful, competitive, uh, a mean, spiteful kind of spirit trying to one-up the other person. Yeah, it's envying what they have. It's wanting, being jealous, and like, oh, I don't like their, they're, they're better than me. Oh, I, I want that. I, I need that too. It's interesting. James four two says that envy is the reason all this, all this fighting is going on among you. That's why there's a lot of conflict and quarreling and turmoil because of envy. So Peter's like, hey, you cannot think it's okay to allow this in your life. That it's going to work along with the word. That, that, that what the word is trying to do with you, that it's going to be part of that. No. Lastly, the fifth thing we see in verse 1. So put away all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, number 4, envy. And then the last one, number 5, and all slander. And we know what that is. The backbiting, yeah, gossip. Those whispers, right? The character assassinations, defamation. I mean, we see that in the, in the news today, even. We, we understand what that is. So here's Peter putting this last thing out, thinking, you know, having us think that, hey, you cannot think this can have an a, a, a effect, you know, in, in the word. Like, like it will help the word. No, it doesn't. This, having this cannot have life in you next to having earnest love or fervent love like we saw back in verse 22 of chapter 1. It doesn't flow with the word. These things hinder the work of the word. These things, they stop the work of the word. These things stunt your growth. It doesn't work with what the word is trying to work in you. So, Peter zooms in on these things that are not good for us so he's saying you know what he's saying this is our point stay healthy by getting rid of what is toxic stay healthy by getting rid of what is toxic i mean if we want to stay spiritually healthy we cannot allow these sinful fleshly things to live in us to to be able to operate in us they shouldn't be there. Remember, Christ died on a cross, rose again from the dead. Romans 6 says that we're free from the bondage of these things. That we can make a choice and choose not to give in to these things anymore. And that's where it comes down to. we got to stay spiritually healthy here. We cannot just go with our emotions, go with our flesh, go allow these things to be there thinking, that it's okay. And you know what the weirdest thing we do with Christians? Is we may take some biblical principle, but then fuel it with our fleshly uh, 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 malice and push this uh, biblical principle with in the flesh, basically. Our anger and our, our hatred and our animosity and those things. We, we do this weird thing. We do need to stand for biblical principle, but we need to stand in love. Right, That's the flesh side. It doesn't work together. It is not effective in our life. So here's Peter. Stay healthy by getting rid of what is toxic. What is toxic? These things are toxic to you. These things you should not eat, basically. Yeah? They're not good for your spiritual soul. I read about a man who bit into his hamburger and and, and, he, and he, he bit into his hamburger, and when he bit into it, in his mouth, he found a fingernail lodged inside. Isn't that gross? He had already eaten half of the sandwich already. I mean, just that thought is kind of gross, you know, to me. I don't know. Understandably, what? He lost his ap- appetite. He's not going to finish eating that. He felt sick for a, a while. I, I would too, right? I mean, we would say, that, that's totally gross. But think about it this way. These things that Peter listed, they're gross. They're toxic. It's like fingernails yeah, that you're eating in your life. Allowing that. 
It, it, it'll make you spiritually sick. It'll hinder that power. It, it, you'll lose your appetite for the word. I mean, that's the thing. Sin will make you ruin your appetite for the Bible. It, 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 these things should be gross to us. It should be like, ooh, it should, we should reject it. We, you know, we should be repelled by it because we want the word. We want a, a good meal here in the word. John Bunyan, the Puritan one, said, sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. Isn't that good? We allowing these sins will, 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 will come into us, make us spiritual. It'll, it'll be toxic to us spiritually. And we won't be spiritually healthy. And you know what? We won't be into the Word. We'll lose our appetite. We need to get rid of those things. Stay healthy. Get rid of what is toxic to you in your life. Strip off these things that hinder the work of the Word of God. You guys, we've got to make that choice today. We've got to choose that. that. That's my choice. Reading this, studying this, I told myself, my choice, God, is to stay healthy. And whatever is toxic, I'm, I don't want it. I don't want to give in to it. I don't want to give in to those feelings, emotions. I don't want to, to become this, this, give in to the sinful flesh when, when those situations happen, you know, and, and it brings up, yeah, those things. No, I want to make a choice not to because I want to continue to crave the Word of God. So number one, Peter says, stay healthy, stay healthy. Number two, we go on to verse two, and our heading is stay hungry. Number two, stay hungry. Take a look at verse two now. Peter writes, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. We'll stop there. Now, Peter gets to the main thing here. This is really what, what he's putting forth here at this time in this letter. And you know what? This is what God is really pushing here for us to understand this morning. So Peter writes, like newborn infants. So Peter, with the word like, he's bringing in this analogy, right? It's this picture. Hey, like how it is for a newborn baby. The baby here, newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk. The baby longs for milk. That's really the picture here. Uh, the word long for means to crave. That's our title. It means to intensely desire. The Greek word here really speaks of a craving that is consistent, reoccurring, and I like this word, relentless. Yeah, It's relentless. You, you desire. Desire is relentless. You want it. You want it. And as Peter brings in this picture, right, of a, like a, a newborn infant, right? I mean, you moms know. I mean, we all understand. I mean, parents, we know the cry of a hungry baby, right? The baby's not satisfied, you know, until they get their milk. Uh, I remember um, uh, one time Kristen was gone, and, and I was trying to hold off the baby in our schedule and one of the kids and and we 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 had um she had frozen her breast milk and i could uh heat it up and everything i remember the baby was crying i thought well i gotta hold him off i'm just bouncing yeah patting on the back oh it's okay it's okay you know walking around but the baby was hungry nothing would satisfy it until it gave him the bottle we understand that kind of crying and desire and relentlessness. Well, this is what long for means. It's this craving. So Peter is saying, like newborn infants, long for. Believers are to, you know what, crave what? Milk. But what kind of milk? He, he puts here, long for the pure spiritual milk. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about this, the Word of God, your Bible. The Word of God. That's what he's talking about. So, so it's like, like, like the baby longs for milk, the mother's milk. You as believers long for the pure spiritual milk. 
Now the word pure, uh, we understand that it's unadulterated, right? Un- uncontaminated, untouched, just a totally pure milk, not watered down, you know, not mixed in with something else. And you know what? It, what brings to my mind is, listen, devotionals. Maybe we have daily bread, or you know, maybe you guys have devotional books, uh, Christian books, you know, that we may read and all that. They're they're good. I would say supplements. Yeah, they're good supplements, but they will never replace your Bible, the pure Word of God. Understand that. Understand that they're they're okay. They're they're all right. But but you know, it's one thing to take vitamins for your iron, but it's better you eat something with that in it, right? That the the pureness, the pure Word of God is speaking about you know the Bible itself. And then the word spiritual here is actually the Greek word logikon. And it speaks of God's reasoning. It speaks of God's specific wisdom. Uh, the Greek word is really related to the word logos. And, and I mentioned that the other last week, I think it was. Logos is scripture. And throughout the Bible, when you see the word um, logos, it's talking about scripture, the Bible, God's word. And here he's saying spiritual in relation to how God's truth, yeah, his reasoning, his wisdom, God's uh, uh, spiritual word to us as b- spiritual beings now in God, it, it, it nourishes us. It speaks to us. It goes deep into our souls. It, it strengthens us. It grows us. That's the idea when, he's, when he writes spiritual milk. We have this pure spiritual milk. Babies have physical milk, their mother's milk, but we have the word of God. So God's truth goes deep into our souls and gives us nourishment. That, that's the idea. So we need to crave God's word. Don't be confused here with Hebrew chapter 5 when uh, the writer there talks about how we got to get off the milk and get onto the meat of the Word of God. This isn't what Peter's talking about here. He brings in this illustration, this analogy, simply to say, crave the Word of God just like a baby does his milk. That, that's the, 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 the simple thing he's saying here. And so, why is this important? Well, verse 2 says, that by it you may grow up into salvation. It's important because with the milk, you will grow, that you may grow. The, the word is the one thing in your life that can really grow you the most spiritually. When Peter writes here, into salvation, it means becoming everything that, that, that God is making you into. When we got, remember, salvation isn't just receiving Christ and being saved and have eternal life. We talked about that. Right? It's, it's also our sanctification, our growth into godliness, our growth in becoming more like Jesus. It's also our glorification. That's part of our salvation too. When we finally reach heaven and have our glorified bodies. But here on this earth, as we live here, God is moving in us, growing, in, in a, growing us, so that we would become everything God is making us to be. So, you grow, I grow, we get stronger. Well, how? With the Word of God, through the Word of God. If we're not in the Word of God, what's going to happen? This is our nourishment, right? This is our food. This is what we feed on spiritually. This is how we become who we become. What happens if we don't feed on the Word of God? We get malnourished, right? We're not strong. We're weak. We're not healthy. What's interesting to me that with this analogy, I, I think about a newborn baby and the mother's milk, right? We know, right? We understand the benefits for a new baby to be regularly fed on breast milk. We understand, right? It contains the proper nutrients and the proper proportions, uh, antibodies to fight against infections, Think about what Peter's saying. You know, this is your milk. This is like with newborn infants. This is like, hey, here you're going to get the proper nutrients. 
Yeah? Here you'll get the antibodies that help you fight against and, and conquer your flesh and the enemy and Satan. All of it is right here. It's same as the word. So, here's what Peter saying. That's why believers, we must stay hungry for the nourishing word of God. Stay hungry for the nourishing word of God. Crave the word like a baby does his milk. Keep eating. Yeah? Stay hungry for the nourishing word of God. Job chapter 23 verse 12, he wrote, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. I love that. Job has not departed from God's word. He desired, he craved it more than just regular food. Could it be, maybe a lot of struggles you have is because you're not in the word? Could it be because you departed from it that you are actually malnourished here? I was thinking about this. You know how like um, junk food we call it, right? We eat a lot of it, you know, eat a whole bag of chips. What happens when dinner comes? Oh, I'm not hungry. Yeah. Is a whole bag of chips, you know, eating that every day, is that really good for your body? I don't think so, yeah. Especially Cheetos, no. But uh, <laughs> we were eating some with popcorn last night. But, <laughs> you know, all right, we understand that, right? It suppresses our appetite. So are we on some sort of, quote-unquote, junk food? Yeah. We're into other things that are suppressing our hunger for the Word of God. No, we got to stay hungry for the Word of God. Is there things in the world that we fill ourselves with and not the Word of God? Is there some sinful habits that we're more into than the Word of God, like John Bunyan said? Is it, is it something that is just because of what you're into, you've lost that taste for the Word of God? Think about that, yeah? I was reading a study how um, uh, just junk food, you know, carbs and sugars and things like that, it can, it can actually, uh, it gives you this, this taste for more of that, this craving for more of that. It's kind of interesting, this article was saying scientifically it does that, you know. And we get too much of that, oh, we just crave the junk food and not the real food, right? But if you're off of it for a while, then then the real food actually is not bad. It's really good. You know? I mean, th- that may be going on in your life. Understand what Peter's saying you know, from chapter 1. It was the Word of God that saved you. It was the Word of God that brought the gospel and gave you heaven and a new life. It's the Word of God that changes you and helps you walk a godly life and to love one another. So you know what he's saying? Why do we neglect it now? We cannot. We should not neglect it. Shouldn't we even hunger more of the word and the truths that are inside of it? Shouldn't it be that? Shouldn't we desire that and stay hungry for the word? That's what's really going to work in our life and change us. Turn over to the New Testament to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Turn over there. If you're on your tablet or phone, I should say click over there. Tap over there. Maybe that's the word, yeah. Tap. Psalm chapter 1. It starts here in verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor seats in the seat of scoffers. Then look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. I like verse 2 because this... Blessed man who was following the Lord, not the world, his delight, what he finds joy in, what he really 
craves and loves is the law of the Lord or the word of God. And on the word, he meditates day and night. In other words, he continually is in the word of God. He's consistent in it. It's not just on Sundays. It's not just on Wednesdays. I mean, some of you probably read the Bible only on Sunday when I say, oh, turn to First Peter. It should be more than that. It should be every day, at least. It should be something you hunger for. It should be something that you, you want more of and want to understand more. That's this blessed man. He meditates day and night. He's into it. He's hungering for more and more and more. He craves that. That's what it should be. This is what is so important today. I don't know where you're at in your Bible reading, in your Bible study, and in, in, in how this book we're holding in our hands, how important it is to you. But it needs to be like this. Because only a steady diet of the Word Will you grow? Only a steady diet of the word. That's the only way. So start eating today. Not just once a week or a couple times a week, but every single day. This book matters so much to us. And that's what Peter is really putting forth here. Stay hungry for the nourishing word of God. When British writer Sir Walter Scott lay dying... He asked, he, he shouted out, bring me the book, <coughs> excuse me, bring me the book. And they asked him, well, which book? You, you've written so many. Scott said, there is only but one book, the Bible. That should be our attitude. This should be the main book in our lives. This, we should treasure this. We should, we, we should be in it plenty. We need this in our lives to grow. All right, <clears throat> so we got to crave the word, stay healthy, stay hungry, and number three, stay feasting. Back to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3 now. Stay feasting, number three. Here, Peter writes in 1 Peter 2, verse 3, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So Peter here is like, if indeed, if, if you already experienced now, as he's been talking about how the truth of the word of God has saved you, changed you, you're a new person. If, if you've already experienced, like tasted what the truth of God, how it works in your life. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, then keep feeding. Keep feasting. Keep at it. It really connects to what we just saw in staying hungry and now just stay feasting. Yeah? Crave the word and keep feasting on it. And what does it taste like? If indeed you have tasted, what does he say? That the Lord is good. The Greek word here means choice. The Lord is choice. I like that. The Lord is the best ever. He's really quoting Psalm 34, verse 8. And we understand this, right? We understand. We say God is good, right? God is so good. God, God blesses us. God works in our lives. God is so good. And I like to take that even farther than what God can do for us. But think about how God is exactly what I always needed, right? God is what I was missing all along. Remember when you first came to Christ and, gosh, I had an emptiness. And then Jesus came into my life and oh, I wasn't empty anymore. This is what I was always looking for and longing for, a relationship with God. Because that's the way God made us. He created us to have fellowship with him. And so Peter's like, hey, you've tasted this, right? You've seen what the word of God has done in your life. You've tasted that the Lord is good. Don't you want more? Don't you want more of God? That's what he's saying here. <clears throat> Years ago when Babe and Mona were visiting and staying at our house, <clears throat> she cooked her uh, uh, rainbow drive-in chicken. <laughs> show you chicken, sorry. Yeah, uh, rainbow driving show you chicken. And oh, I, I never tasted show you chicken like that before. And I was like, oh, this is so good. <clears throat> I wanted more. I ate, I ate the whole plate and everything that, you know, was left over and all. 
I wanted more of that after they left. So you know what, Kristen got the recipe, and then now she she makes it. And when she cooks it, you know what, I get more, more. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's what Peter's saying. You've tasted the Lord is good. You've seen how the truth of the Word of God has come into your life. What it done for you. You want more now, God. How it brought you to the Lord. I like a Jeremiah 15, 16. It says, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became, became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. Oh, I love that scripture. That's why I love the word, you guys. It delights. It's a joy. It's, it's so great to get into the word. Listen, <clears throat> Peter's talking about, listen, going beyond theology in the word, doctrine. He's, go, he's talking beyond that of just information or data. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about pursuing God in the Word of God to get to know God and to get more of God in your life. That's what he's talking about here. The truth of the Word of God works in our life, not just to change us and and make us into who we are but you know what the word of god is that's where we get to know god that's where we get close to god that's where we can say oh i've tasted that the lord is good so that's why he says keep feasting you guys stay feasting keep eating that's what he's saying if indeed you guys experience this tasted this you know what keep going then don't stop Crave the word and keep feasting. Stay feasting in the word of God. Listen to what something John MacArthur wrote. And it it really hit me in in a good way. He wrote this. There needs to be a discontent. If you ever get smug and content with where you are spiritually, that's a sin as well as cheating yourself out of the riches of the glories of God's truth. Isn't that heavy? It's deep here. If we get con- content about, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I receive Jesus and uh, that's about it. And you're not in a worry. You're not going to church regularly. You're not seeking him regularly. You're like, well, I'm okay. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm, I'm safe. One Carter's saying, that's a sin. We need to be discontent. Like, God, I want more of you. It's not enough. I want to know you more. I want to get closer to you. And that's why he says, it's cheating yourself out of the riches of the glories of God's truth. Because as you learn God's word, as you get into God's word, as you're in it, as it feeds your soul, you know what? Oh, you get more excited about God. You get to know the Lord. You see God working in your life more. You see the glories of God's truth because it's the glory of God. You know what? We need to be discontent. Yeah? We need to stay feasting, keep feasting here. We need to press on to be close to God. We need to say, Lord, this is not enough. I want more of you in my life. I want more of you. And you know how it's done? Right here. Getting into the Word. So our last point this morning is this. Stay feasting to get more of God. Stay feasting to get more of God. You know what I think about? I think about George Mueller. He was an English pastor in the 1800s. And you know, he started orphanages to get the street kids off, uh, um, out of the streets and give them a home and share with them. Uh, Jesus. He, his faith is legendary, if you know of his stories. His closeness to God and all that. But you know what they say of him? He read the Bible 200 times in his lifetime. 200 times. How many times have you read the Bible through? I think of the famous missionary, pioneer, explorer to Africa, famous in, in the secular world, David Livingston. You know what? He would not travel without his Bible. If he would carry his library, and there was a point where it was, it was too much to carry. He said, well, forget them. I'm just keeping my Bible. Well, he got uh, really sick and stayed in one town for two years, and, 
And he shared that he read the Bible four times in those two years. No wonder God used him so much. No wonder he was so on fire for the Lord. I think of Billy Graham's father-in-law. It uh, it was told that he would get up at 4.30 a.m. in the morning and spend two to three hours reading his Bible. But I think about what a godly man he must have been in influencing his daughter, Ruth Bell Graham. Billy Graham himself once said, if I could do it all over again, I would spend more time reading the Bible than preparing my sermons. That's Billy Graham. Why are these people feasting on the word? Is it because they want to know more theology and doctrine? And it's important. No, it's because they, this is where they got closer to God. This is where their life changed. This is where they got deeper. This is where they became more like Christ. This is where they fell in love with God more and more. The sweet taste of the nearness to God should make us crave Him more. Shouldn't it? I mean, we crave sweet stuff sometimes, right? Probably you're thinking of it right now because I said, oh, what do you crave sweet? Oh, that chocolate pie. What did we have last night? The, the, some sort of chocolate ice cream. Actually, that sounds good right now. That was pretty good. Think about the sweetness in God's presence. Do you crave that? I do. I've shared that with you guys. When we start worshiping, oh, I just want to be with my Jesus. I want to be with him, right? I crave that sweetness. Have, have you tasted of God's sweetness, his presence? Have you really tasted it in prayer, in prayer meetings, reading your word, doing your devotions in the morning, spending time with God, or here at church? Have you tasted that? Those moments where you go, oh, Lord, you're here. I can, I sense your presence. God, I don't want to be anywhere else but here with you. I've tasted it, and I want more. Listen, the goal for me is not just to know the Bible. The goal is to know the God of the Bible, right? Make that your goal. Make that why you're in the Word. What's the mission of this church, Right? We have four things. I mentioned to you, love the lost. I mentioned to you, love each other. But you remember the other two. The first two is love Jesus and love his word. That's our mission. Love Jesus, love his word, love each other, love the, love the lost. The first two, love Jesus, love his word. You know what? If you love his word, you're going to love Jesus more. If you love Jesus, you're going to love his word. It's so important we get into the word. Sometimes, <clears throat> we, we all say this, sometimes we say, oh, I wish I had that, that fire, you know, that passion, that, that sense of God in me when, when I first got saved. You ever say, say that, right? Oh, I remember those days when I first gave my heart to Jesus Christ, and it's like, oh, everything was Jesus. I was telling everybody about Jesus. I was so excited, right? And I wonder, oh, what happened? What happened? Now, we can have a conversation about this, and it could be for a number of reasons. But there's one thing it could be because, it could be because you're not in the Word. It could be because you're not feeding your soul like you should be, because you're malnourished. Yeah. Because it's here in the Word of God, that passion, that fire's going to burn. As you get into the Word, the Word works in your heart. And as it works in your heart, you get this passion for Jesus, for God, to be with Him, to live for Him, to be a light for Him. It's from here, you guys. That's why we study the Word so so intently and, and little by little. Listen, don't let any sin, even laziness, eating junk food, yeah, Change your palate. This morning, let the Holy Spirit bring back your, that palate, right? That taste for the Word of God. What I'm describing to you, if you've lost it. To taste the sweetness of, the, of God's Word and the sweetness of God Himself. 
rate yourself on a scale from one to five, five being the highest. Are you craving the word? Are you, where would you be? You don't have to tell me, I don't want to know, but for yourself. Where's your passion for the Lord? Where, where, where's that craving at? No matter where you're at, let's, 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 let's bring it to the highest. On a scale of one to five, where are you? One, five, where are you? Let's bring it to five. Let's go to six. Let's go to ten. Yeah, right? We should love this book that we're studying. Well, <clears throat> we know what we physically eat affects our body, right? Eat junk food, you're going to feel junk, your body's going to be junk. Well, it goes the same with what you spiritually feast on. Let me close with, with, with this. There's this old cartoon of a little squirrel. Uh, it's lying on, on, a, on the couch in a psychiatrist's office. So he's lying there. A little squirrel kind of cartoon thing, right? In this office and talking to the psychiatrist. The caption below the drawing says this. The squirrel's talking. When I learned, quote, you are what you eat, then I realized I was nuts. <laughs> I like that one. Look, one way or another, we're all nuts, right? Me, probably more, you would say. But I want to be a nut. I want to be nuts for Jesus. Do you? I want to have a passion for Jesus like never before. I want it to grow. You know where it comes from? Right here. So let us all crave the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, God, and thank you for the Bible. Thank you for what it means to us, Lord, and thank you that we need to have it mean more. Lord, I pray that you would stir inside our hearts a fire, a fire to to know you more and know the word and be into the word like never before. God, we have been lazy. We have been letting things slide, Lord. No more, not today. We want to obey what you're calling us to do. God, we want to get deeper with you. It's not this world or things in this world. God, it's you. We want to sit before you, God. We want to be the Marys, not the Marthas in this world, Lord. We want to be those disciples that were right next to your side, Lord. We want to be like that. We want to be the sheep, Lord, that are right there with you, behind you. No matter when you go, we go. When the shepherd stops, we stop. Lord, we want to be that. And so, Lord, as we come into our time of communion, God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, <clears throat> that you would change us, that as we come and confess our sins before you, Lord, as we remember the cross and your forgiveness, that we would be even at this time in communion, commit our hearts to you today. Help us, Lord, to crave the word of God more than we ever have ever in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.